0: Opinions are cheap. Cameron, Chad, what more could you ask for?
1: What if we just ended it there? We can. I just, it is an option. Just throwing it out there. The cheapest opinion is the one you don't listen to.
0: Okay, Charles <laughs>
1: Darwin.
0: It's just true, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's true. Good, good philosophizing there, buddy.
1: Thank you. I've been. Did you have I've a good been, week. It's been okay.
0: That, that's a lie. Mm, 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 mm. We were the whole pre-show. We, we guys. So we we live stream this the first hour. That's exclusive to Twitch. The whole hour is just Chad complaining. We we start recording for the for the real show. It's like I'm happy. I Bullshit. didn't say I was
1: happy. I said I was okay.
0: I'm on cloud nine. Signed, Chad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the words. That's exactly what I, you God. just
0: said. Rewind the tapes. Check the tape.
1: Don't want to rewind the tapes.
0: Jesse, check the tape.
1: Fuck you, Jesse. You so much as go near that tape, I will, I will cut your fingers off. Was that too much? I,
0: I, I haven't been having a great week either. So
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> now I got a problem. Okay. Um, I always come into these shows that like low energy because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. And that's a me problem. Okay. So I'm I'm correcting it. I'm thinking about cooler stuff. You know what I've been doing? What? I've been playing that new Pokemon game that came out yesterday.
1: There's a new Pokemon game that came out yesterday.
0: Yeah. No one knew. I- isn't that something?
1: <laughs> the games come out on Wednesdays.
0: <laughs> this one did. They they announced the date yesterday. It said, guys, I know you guys have been looking forward to Pokemon United, and guess what? You can play it in five minutes. It's like, what?
1: <laughs> That's a way to do it.
0: <laughs> um. Now, the the best part, I was kind of like shit-talking this game a little bit. Um. I think it's pretty fun for what it is. What is it? It's a MOBA. Oh, it's that one. It's that one okay um it's actually uh like it's it's simple enough that I do believe a child could play it It's um what's the word it still has the MOBA trappings okay uh there's not like a lane to push, but there's like wild Pokemon on the map so you just fight them they don't like march in a line and you push with them or anything. So, you kind of like, you're always jungling a little bit. Um, there's only two lanes, so it's manageable. Uh, you don't destroy towers. They're like basketball hoops, and you do like a slam dunk for extra points. And it's just, it's all very cute. And uh, I don't know. It feels like, it, I mean, it's fun to play. It feels like it's clearly a kid's game, but it's not these like, disappointing distractions it's like there's there's maybe legs on this
1: sure also the roster yeah the, the the idea of like the things that are made for kids but adults invariably play them or get involved and then like get upset because it's a kid's thing like we've probably talked about this before but i know one of the current things is uh DC is going to be releasing some kind of graphic novel for young adults uh, with Starfire's child. Like in the future, Starfire's got a kid and she's a moody goth teenager, doesn't want to follow in her mom's footsteps. And it's one of, seems like one of those kind of books. And I've looked at some of the artwork and I've read a panel or two and it's like, clearly not for me. Not going to read it. And then you find out that people are mad for all of the reasons that they're going to be mad for. And it's like, yeah, but you're like 40. This book isn't for you. It's for 14 year olds.
0: Well, it's for the forty-year-old that wrote it and designed the character to look like her.
1: I don't know about that.
0: Uh, <laughs> it seems pretty self-inserty.
1: And maybe it is. Like I said, I haven't. I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know that, like, I looked at that and went, "Oh, well, Twilight's not for me either, right?" Like, it's right. it's fine for things to not be for me, even if they are self-inserty, which Twilight really was. And there's lots of structural and narrative problems with Twilight that have been done to death. But at the end of the day, I'm at a point where I'm not going to begrudge the teenage audience that enjoyed a book for teenagers. And I, it's funny because, like, however many weeks ago we talked about the new, you know, Generation Five of My Little Pony, right? And whether, right? You know what we'll do with that. But you know, it's like if I don't like it, you know, if I watch the first two episodes, I'm like, eh, it's not really doing it for me. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because it it's not it, that's fine that's just it's not for me. Hell, some things can be like marketed towards my age group and still not be for me. I don't know why people get so fucking mad about stuff, Cameron.
0: I don't know. That's that's what I wanted to talk about next. Um I had fun playing the game and it's like well I wonder what people are saying about it. So it's very funny. I'm reading like this thread about the game and it's been out a day and it's like a phone game MOBA. And the the like the meta discussion of like I can't believe you guys are playing without Slowbro on your team. And it's like, I think you're supposed to just pick whichever character you think looks cool. <laughs> like, yeah. this is really the communication options are so limited. Um you can ping certain things. So you can like send a message that says we should regroup or we should go to the middle but there's not, like, super deep strategy opportunities. It's more about your own personal, you know, skill mm-hmm. shots. So seeing people, like, get bent out of shape on day one, it's like, oh, it is a real MOBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I love... <laughs> there's also, like, costumes. We We don't get a lot of, like, Pokemon costumes. But this game has, like, summer swimwear as a theme, so it's like, oh, hmm. are we going to get, like, a French maid wave? (laughs) Like, uh... Have you seen that Tom and Jerry game? No. There's a Tom and Jerry Gotcha game.
1: I don't like... So, Pets in Costumes is terrible, and I wish people wouldn't do it. And I feel like this applies to Pokemon. I know they're not real, but, like, seeing Venusaur in like a tropical hawaiian shirt with like swim goggles i don't like that either it's stupid
0: it's a little stupid um but you haven't seen this tom and jerry gotcha game
1: oh i've seen i have seen screenshots of this um i i didn't know what this was other than i've like seen like hey look at this and it's like yep that looks like fan art of tom and jerry i didn't realize this is like a product
0: it's an official tom and jerry phone game They, they are fully aware of what they're like. It's like they're parodying phone games in a way that, that Tom and Jerry would. It's actually, like, one of the better things Tom and Jerry has produced in years Oh shit! in terms of comedy. um, And also, the game is actually fun. That's the weird part. Like, this has a competitive scene in Korea. Really? With, like, major, like, high-dollar payout. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love this like Jerry that looks like he should be in Naruto.
0: Yeah, it's um. Do 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 do. I'm trying to find the the dollar payout from the last tournament, but it was uh it was in the thousands.
1: There's a there was a tournament for the Tom and Jerry phone game that paid out in the thousands.
0: Yeah, it's it's popular in Korea and China.
1: We live in a weird fucking timeline, dude. Um. Here's another question. What's a gacha game?
0: Oh, gachapon.
1: Okay, go on.
0: Yeah, oh. Um, what are the what are the
1: mechanics? This... I have no idea.
0: Um there's like it, it's 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 kind of like, you know how there's like a water cooler that you would get water out of? Okay. So it's kind of like it's more like a gumball machine. You put a quarter in it and then a little ball will come out and you open the ball and there's a toy inside. Oh, that's gachapon.
1: How is that how is that a competitive thing? You just open the ball and there's a toy inside.
0: Oh no, that's what gachapon is. Okay. So these games um you you use you pay money to put your quarters in the thing and you'll unlock costumes that way or characters. And that's how you build up your roster.
1: But what what's the game?
0: Oh, so the the Tom and Jerry game is interesting. It's actually tag. One player is like a cat, and then everyone else plays as mice, and you run away. And it's like a two D platformer. That is interesting. That's like if Evolve was a two D platformer. It literally, um, it is <laughs> like that's a very good way to put it. You just take turns being it, and you try to tag everybody. Um, and you can earn your points to unlock these different alt skins, <laughs> and they do these like promo events where it's like, well, it's spring now; it's the only time to get the spring summer festival uh, cherry blossom set. Um, I don't believe that the costumes have stats to them. Like, I don't think you get like a competitive advantage or anything. But I, I haven't actually played this game hands on, so maybe I overlooked that. I'm pretty sure the costumes are purely cosmetic. It's just leaning into the genre this hard is really funny.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know much about the genre, but if you're you're telling me this is a parody of it, I believe it based on the screenshots. But I never did see the new Tom and Jerry movie because I heard it was terrible. Which is a shame because the commercial made it look all right, and then you see like the runtime is like well over an hour and a half, and it's like, oh no. That's not good.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't often recommend it, but um Nostalgia Critic did a review. He uh he summed it up perfectly in the first five minutes where he played a clip from the from the movie and it was funny. And I thought, Oh, maybe there's hope for this. And then he said, now, I edited this to take all the dialogue out. Here's what the clip actually is. And it's just people talking and, like, trying to insert jokes while Tom and Jerry are doing normal Tom and Jerry things. And it's like, no, 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 less is more.
1: Well, I know, like, so the new Space Jam thing came out, which I haven't seen and don't plan on it. But, like, the runtime is, like, 200 minutes or some shitting thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh... It's
1: like no, no, no. That movie needs to be like a hard eighty-four minutes. Like that shouldn't even be ninety. You don't actually have a long movie there. You barely have a short one with that premise because it's stupid and it's cartoons. Like Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry, they're just, they're not made for long-form storytelling. They're they're they really for, not. And and so when these. Companies and, and, and his movies come out and they're trying to like, hey, we're going to tell this really epic Bugs Bunny movie or whatever. It's like, that's a mistake. And then it sucks because of, it was a fucking mistake. And I can watch like an hour and a half's worth of, of Looney Tunes. But you if I watch well, a single hour and a half Looney Tune, that's a problem.
0: Did you see Space Jam 2? No. Why not?
1: Because of the things I just said.
0: Oh, um I saw a clip and the way that the person worded it was uh they referred to it as experiencing whiplash and i watched the clip and it's like yeah that's that's exactly right it jerks you left and right so fast i i don't know it's something to do with the editing they're trying to be snappy which is important in comedy yeah but it's like they don't set up things it's like They'll say something and immediately cut to the next scene where you're trying to process what you're looking at. And then it, there's like, oh, we're, we're halfway into a joke. And then like, well, they didn't really say a punchline. They just sort of, they implied a pin, punchline's cut. Oh, no, no, next next scene, next scene. And, and now Rick and Morty's here. Ah, it's Rick and Morty. There's no context to that. They left. Rick and Morty gone.
1: Rick and Morty show up?
0: Yeah, I, I wish I could find this clip. I would, they don't sound like would, they
1: belong in Space Jam.
0: No. Um, I would love for you to experience it <laughs> like the way that it's actually cut. Um, but I can describe to you like how it's going. Uh, the, what, what's his name? Who's the guy in it?
1: Uh, I'm having LeBron a huge...
0: Few... LeBron James, thank you. I knew it started with an L and it's like, does L rhyme with K? Because my brain doesn't work.
1: If he was a bird, he would be LaScraw James.
0: So LeBron James who is not a bird. Not a bird. In this scene, um him and Bugs are planning out who like what basketball players they should get. And LeBron wrote down people like Godzilla and uh, Batman and the Hulk. And Bugs is like, "Well, let's see who we can actually get." And <laughs> it's just it cuts around so weird. Um he, he says something that barely sets up a line and bugs says something like uh like oh you need to be surprised and then austin powers shows up and goes, yeah, yeah baby it all- and it spins around and it cuts to the scene where they're introducing mini me and this is just fun. um yeah but and it's I saw, like,
1: like- screenshots of this, and I assumed they were doctored fan art, and someone was fucking with me.
0: Well, I thought this video was, like, a edited thing, because it's, like, something I would make. Yeah. Um, but then also, like, Elmer Fudd's there, and just for no reason, like, they introduce Mini-Me, but it's just, it is Elmer Fudd instead, and then he's like, is that Sylvester? And then Dr. Evil's holding Sylvester, but without fur. And then it just, like, cuts back to LeBron James and he's like confused, and my neck hurts, and he says, oh. "No, we need someone taller." And Bugs is like, "Oh, I know the guy." And then it cuts to literally footage of Casablanca, and the the lady there is like, "Like, sing the words, Sam," and it's uh, it's um, Yosemite Sam, Sam. Uh,
1: Yosemite Sam, yeah,
0: Yosemite Sam, and he's the one playing the piano, and LeBron James is there and he's dressed up like the black guy from that movie and it's like what is what what is going on and they had a joke about how somebody sams like 4 feet tall if you count his hat and it's like that's kind of a funny joke but i'm trying to process the last three things i just saw and then it cuts back to like the lab that they're making the group at and rick and morty show up in their hovercraft and they th- they throw taz at the glass there and Rick's like, like you can have your weird thing back. We, we did all experiments. We can't reverse whatever happened to him. It's like, oh, oh the, the things in my head, I can't unsee them. Like, it's your problem now, dum-dums. And they fly away. And it's like, what is what the fuck is going on?
1: Very PG, Rick.
0: Yeah, but it's like none of these jokes have setups or punchlines. It's like you're only getting the middle parts of jokes.
1: Well, it's just I like the idea. It's like if I reference something, that's like a joke, right? Yes,
0: the entire movie seems to be that. And that's also, what I've been hearing from people. None of
1: those references are like for what I would consider the intended audience of a Space Jam movie. Like, I enjoyed the first one when I was ten, because it was a movie for ten-year-olds. So, now, like, hey, let's make Space Jam for like thirty-five-year-olds, and we'll do references to Casablanca.
0: Did you ever watch that Looney Tunes where they parodied Casablanca?
1: No, maybe, probably not.
0: It's like 15 minutes long and they're literally just going through the story of Casablanca. It is like so light on jokes. And I when don't know who one it's for. that come
1: out? That's weird.
0: Um, I think that's after like Walt Disney died and they didn't know what they're doing and Warner sure. Brothers was like we'll just pretend we don't know what we're doing either and they did the same thing.
1: Must have been the guy that voice acts uh, Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon I think. Yeah. Must have been fun for him, to like, hey, you want to be in Space Jam for a little bit? Because like, am, am I, I? I'm, I'm sure. Like, Fuck yeah, right? Like, this is. Let's just go. Let's. I'll. I'll do whatever you want to be in this stupid movie. Uh, it's a shame the movie, I guess, isn't good. Well, you know what? Oh gosh, that is some. I feel that Bugs Bunny though.
0: So that, what I yeah I love that picture. A, it's it's Bugs like <laughs> totally hammered off a of carrot juice. Um. I I guess what I want to ask you though, do you think if you were ten, you would care like more? Because maybe my problem is I I understand how movies work, so I want more out of a movie. But if I was ten and all I did was play Fortnite, it's really cool to see Casablanca characters from Fortnite, and there's Rick and Morty from Fortnite. It's like I, I didn't know. know Fortnite was in it. There's LeBron James from Fortnite
1: it's like i'll be i'll be the first to tell people yeah when i was younger my taste and things wasn't very good because i didn't know any better and also you know you got the it was kind of nice to be able to enjoy things and not be like a bitter asshole about it you know like i am now <laughs> so maybe uh the, i guess the real question is is would i be excited to see the looney tunes characters in something and would i know who lebron james is and being excited about that because like i was never into sports when space jam came out but I love Bugs Bunny and I love Daffy Duck. And I know who Michael Jordan was because he was in a lot of commercials and he was uh, charismatic, right? Like, I didn't really watch basketball, didn't care, but I knew he was the star power of basketball at the time. Like, you could not escape that. So it's like, oh, this is cool. Characters I like, character I don't know very much but know of and know he's important are going to be in a movie. And it's the guy from Seinfeld because Newman was in it. And then uh, uh, the... The, the, the guy that I really should know his name of, but I can't fucking remember what it is right now, the comedian. Like, I, I recognized enough faces and was like, I love cartoons and sports are kind of cool. Like, I, I like Rocket Power. I didn't do any of those sports by, like, watching it. So, like, cartoon characters doing sports I couldn't do was fun. It has the building blocks, at least it did then, whether if I was 10, you know, in 2021, whether I would care or not, I don't know. But I feel like I would care more. It's not like there's a lot of move well, that's not true. There's a decent amount of movies that came out like straight to Disney Plus or whatever.
0: I never liked Space Jam.
1: And that's the thing is I feel like the the three categories is I never liked it, I liked it and I hate it, and I liked it and I still like it and I probably shouldn't.
0: Okay, I've, I I tra- I'm sorry, not to go backwards again. I tracked down Carrot Blanca. It's 7 minutes long. Now, earlier, when I said it was 15 minutes long, that's because I wanted to say it was 30 minutes long, and I said, I'm probably exaggerating my head because it was a nightmare, so I'll cut it in half.
1: Ah, you want to watch it?
0: Um, no. (laughs) I'm going to send you a clip here. Someone did a side-by-side where they took the scenes being referenced, and you can see what they're doing. And you can kind of skim through it to, like, get the nature of it if you look up Carrot Blanca on YouTube. But it's, like, it's mostly a shot-for-shot... They don't necessarily add a lot of jokes or humor. But it's also just weird. Like, this is a story about, like, Nazi Germany invading the world. And long lost love after an affair. So it's just kind of strange to... uh, Like, I'm skimming through this and these characters don't line up.
1: I might have to watch this. I'm, like, intrigued. I
0: I think it's... As someone that likes bad media... You should probably see it once, but uh, this is the guy coming from me who watches the Star Wars Holiday Special annually. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can sit through this a third time. Damn, you know what I mean? <laughs> that, it's I mean, that so dry. Has just
1: more in- interested,
0: and I I love Casablanca, so part of it's like offensive to me. I don't know.
1: That's the thing. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen Casablanca.
0: Yeah, so I mean, honestly, you could watch this one because i think it has just the audio from the actual cartoon so you could watch this one appreciate what they're referencing but get the cartoon out of it sure um that's a that's probably a more interesting way to experience this
1: it's the cliff notes
0: it really is i'm sorry so back to space jam did you did you like it when you were 10 yes um they do enjoy it as a movie or was it like a fun thing
1: I think it was a fun thing.
0: That's good. I think that's the right way to appreciate it.
1: Because I liked, I, I I remember almost nothing about Space Jam, right? So if I'm like going through the, the motions here, it's like, well, got cartoon characters. I like, I like the monsters uh, designs well enough. I don't know if I found them like threatening or anything, but it was like, hey, cool cartoon monsters for them to like go up against. Um, seeing like, I remember Bugs Bunny going into the real world with Daffy to like get his basketball gear and enjoying that scene just as, like, this, like, cartoon characters walking around in the real world and interacting with people and, and the dog. Like, the the event of it and, like, the novelty of it I think I really appreciated and enjoyed when I was of the right age. I have not gone back and watched that movie in literally 20 years. I had do not remember much about it, or if it's <laughs> actually good or not.
0: Yeah. I I Somebody posted a screenshot from the sequel and the the caption was oh they're back i can't believe they brought him back and it, it was a picture of characters and i did not recognize the characters at all and i did like figure it out and it turned out they were the monstars but before they were big and it's like oh i forgot that they weren't always big in the movie
1: oh yeah i kind of forgot that too
0: yeah see <laughs> um yeah i i don't have a lot of memories associated with space jam like you said i wasn't a sports guy I was I was daydreaming about what if pokemon wore beach outfits.
1: Lola Bunny was hot, that was fun.
0: Was she? Cuz I, I never don't know. got that. I was either. 10. I, I still didn't know don't anything. get that. I, I am like the most degenerate person you know.
1: Yes, you are.
0: I've never understood Lola Bunny.
1: I think I don't know. There's just something about like her as a furry awakening for so many people. It's all more sort of a joke that it is a reality.
0: It's more like um like oh you're one of those people and then I associate with all the correct Disney furries. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't tell if we're
1: being really judgmental this
0: episode. I am. I, okay. I am angry. I'm, like I said, I'm going to bring the energy which means no one wants to be around me because I have I'm my energy today. sorry you're angry.
1: At least you didn't have to drive three hours one way to see a printing press that you ultimately are like, well, that's not going to work. I can't can't register clear plastic sheets. That's literally all we print. Why don't you fucking tell us this at the registration cameras? suck.
0: <laughs> they didn't mention that seems important. Are you serious?
1: The dude. Oh man. So the whole press is like, it's kind of made for t-shirts. Like he's like, no, like there are people doing membrane switches on this thing like really, like, really tough, tolerant stuff. And, and I believe it based on how it's set up. It works. Um, but the, the selling point seems to be t-shirts cause it's got this powder thing that, uh, in the line and it's a glue and you use that to hot press glue the, the labels onto t-shirts. And so one of the first things we kind of told him was like, well, we're never going to use that thing because we don't, we don't print on t-shirts. That's, you know, we, we would not want this in the quote if we were to order this and the dude would not shut the fuck up about the powder machine. And it was really frustrating. And it's like, I, that's cool that you guys print t-shirt labels here. Sure. It works very well for you. Uh, we're printing for, like, General Electric. We're, we're, we're not doing t-shirts. The The funny thing, oh my god, when I told my boss about this, he was, like, fucking flabbergasted. So I was looking at the, the electrical on it to see how we would have to hook it up, and it said 400 volts. And I was like, that's not right. It should be either, I think it's 208 or 460 are the common voltages in the United States. And uh, the 400 is not that. So I was like, so is this? uh, Or is it? What is the? Okay, it's it's 408. Whatever. It it was it was the wrong one. I can't fucking remember. Okay, it is 480. Um, and he's like, oh no, they sell a transformer with it. You have to hook up to, and then that is either a step down or a step up, so it'll work. And uh, we go and look at the transformer, and it's fucking huge. It is like as wide as my.
0: Arm span kind of thing, and it's like I'm gonna well, imagine that's like an extra fee that they didn't bring up in the first part of it, right?
1: No, no, I guess this is included. But the problem is real estate, like yeah, that it is really really big, and I'm like, where the fuck are we gonna put this? It was uh, it, it, the the press is made in Slovenia. Um, and when I said that at work, Brett's like, so does it come with vampires? And I was like, that's that's a good joke. I'll repeat that a couple times. But yeah, it was somewhat not worth the trip i didn't mind seeing it it was kind of neat i I, there are things about it i appreciate but at the end of the day it's like man this is uh this is really really good for uh low-end applications and we are we are not running those anymore Our, our company has moved way past those also the electrical thing the fact that uh you know, get it screen printing is a super global thing like i would say half the stuff we own not made in the united states And it's kind of frustrating because if a machine goes down, you're like, oh, shit. Well, Germany is eight hours ahead. So if it goes down in the early morning, fine. We can still get a hold of them and maybe get parts on the way that day. Typically, no, we got to wait till next day to order parts or troubleshoot. And then you're looking at at least five business days to get here. But like the last time I ordered parts from Germany, they got really holed up in customs. And so they were like three weeks to get here because of customs. And it would be nice to not have to worry about that with another new piece of equipment. As I say, we're going to go look at two more Japanese presses next week in Chicago.
0: I mean, at least you, you probably have some questions that uh you wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Well, the, the the presses we're looking at in Chicago, we already have five of, and so they got, like, the new model. Okay. They're not that much different. I kind of don't know why we're going to go drive all that way to see them when we, we know how they work. We've had them for... It's longer than I've been there, but boss wants us to go take a look and ask some questions and uh, I couldn't weasel my way out of it. I tried and I'm already tired just fucking thinking about that five hour drive.
0: Well, at least you have something to look forward to, right?
1: Uh, I am going to bring a laptop and try to like write, which I tried to do with this trip, but I was really tired because we left at fuck all in the morning. So I just kind of like dozed in my chair the whole way up. I don't know. Uh,
0: that sounds fun.
1: I didn't mean to bitch about work.
0: Oh, no. You can. But. Really uh, that still like... sounds fun.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get paid for it, right? Like, I'm hourly. So, that'll probably be... If we come back the same day, that's going to be at least a 12-hour day. But I'll, I'll get paid for all 12 of those hours. And then I will probably take, like, a half day the next day just because I can flex some of that. So, it'll work out. I'm not, you know, saying it won't. It's just sort of like, oh, that's going to be a long, long day.
0: Yeah. I mean, at least this isn't like a super frequent thing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I went on one two weeks ago and then I went on one this week and I'm going on another one next week. And so like, I went like a whole year with zero business trips and I'm just getting back to back to back. And I would prefer like one every three months, four months. Cause it's kind of fun when it's infrequent and it's like, oh yeah, let's, uh, we'll get up early, grab some coffee, listen to some music, you know, like we'll a- Feels like, a, like a, a an adventure, right? Um, that 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 wore off, <laughs> especially since the last two. Like I didn't really need to go on the last one because we knew we were gonna buy the thing, but they wanted to see some other stuff. And hey, I'm the guy with the camera. I actually went to there was a screen printing expo in Lacrosse today. That I, apparently they hold every one or two years, and uh, I went to that with my boss because. He thought it would be cool to go, or he, and, and I kind of wanted to go because I was like, "What is it? What is a screen printing expo? What's a, a convention, or you know, whatever it was, right?" And uh it was, it was. Yeah, I walked out with some pens, some free pens, which was, which was fun. But it, it was kind of neat seeing people that I deal with because I purchased from, or I've talked to over the phone, or uh there's a couple of booths you're just like, I don't know, I don't know what they are. I've never heard of them. You walk up, hey, what's this thing? And like, oh yeah, we got these like really uh flexible inks that you can print with and they were showing like these crazy molded parts that they had printed and the inks just stretch around them and it's like i should take your business card because some of the ink systems we print with are not flexible and we need to mold them and so they crack and then the parts break and the customer gets pissed off and so like there was it was cool seeing what other other things were there then we saw like mamaki and then dan's like let's just let's just not talk to them, and I was like, no, let's see if they'll sell us another boat anchor piece of shit press. Come on, let's go do it. Because Momaki suck, as we found out. Terrible printing press. That's my cheap opinion for the day.
0: If I was a printing press, I would probably be um, like, it'd be like the name Cameron, but it'd be spelled with like a K-Y so it looks Japanese, but it isn't actually.
1: That's fair. So the the cool printing press is a. They're, they're called. The brand is a Swiss Q print. They're made in. I want to say, Denmark. They're made in that region, maybe Norway. And they were there, and we were talking to them because we're actually ordering a new one of those. And they were showing some of the samples they had, and one of them is they're they're starting to print textured ink, like just multiple layers of ink to build up a texture. And so they had like a famous painting there. I can't remember which one it was, but it was very pretty. But it, they printed the brush strokes. And if you ran your hands across it, it felt like dried, painted, like, oil paint brush strokes. Oh, that's cool. And it was fucking gorgeous, other than they had, like, their logo dab in the fucking middle of it so no one would steal it. But it's like, oh, my God. Like, some of the artistic stuff you can do with this equipment, it is like, oh, yeah, we're going to print these really boring medical labels to go on, you know, heart monitors or whatever. But you could also use this stuff, but that's really neat. So... I'll be interested when we get that in or like when the second laser gets up and running and it's like, I have, I have things I, you know, would be cool to have printed to hang in my house. Like I would love to get a really good still from speed racer printed on that so I could throw it in my room. And it's like, Hey, if I went and bought a piece of material and gave you a file, this would take probably 10 minutes to print. Could we just slide this in on your lunch break and just do it real quick for me? And then not tell anybody, because it's probably a misuse of company equipment. But that, that That's stuff, kind of fun, too, though. Yeah, it. I don't want to abuse that, because it would be so easy to be like, well, I have friends who like Speed Racer as well. It's like, no, 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 no. One and done. Like, the laser thing I'm trying to get done, which has been almost a year now since we tried to start that fucking project. I think I updated that last week. Did I do that? I don't remember. Basically, uh, after a lot of testing on the material I wanted it on or that I had available for free. Uh, laser's too powerful. Just belts the fucking material. Now Heather thinks she can get it to work. So I'm going to let her try it yet. But what I'm probably going to have to do is buy a piece of black acrylic. And instead of getting it etched into metal get it etched into acrylic that will still look cool because it will etch in kind of a white, like really light gray. So basically it'll still be black and white. It just won't be black and silver. Uh, but the the effect will still be, I think, similar or close enough, and I will I'll get it. So I gotta go buy this piece of acrylic. It cost me like fifteen bucks, and I'll probably get a couple sample pieces for another five or ten. And I'll have them test the power settings and the speed settings and all the fun shit, and then once they got it dialed in, they'll throw it on. But there's a couple of people in that department who really like playing with that laser, so they flex their hours a bit so they can use it at the end of the day when no one's around. And uh instead of doing work and production work, a lot of the times they're just like, hey, look what I cut on this thing yesterday. And isn't this cool? And it's like, yes, I'm glad you're doing this because when I have you cut my thing, you can be the one that gets in trouble for misusing (laughs) company property and not me.
0: It's teamwork.
1: Yes, it's great. And that's why I was bitchy about work today. I I, I have talked about work now. I'm sorry. No,
0: it's fine. I... I think it's very interesting. The, uh, you know, we work in different industries, Mm -hmm. but there's certain like just businessy generic business things where it's like, no, this is kind of universal.
1: Yeah. It was, it was cool seeing. And one of those things, Dan's been, my boss has been at the company, um, for a long time. And so a lot of people know him when he's walking through, people are stopping to talk to him and, you know, Hey, what, what is your company doing? Cause we're a, a big company and we're, we're growing a lot. And, uh, you know, getting our attention could be selling us a pretty big ticket item, so that was that was kind of fun. Um, the Swiskey print—they had some smaller samples that they were just giving out, so I took one of those and I—I uh, I had some ed- magnet adhesive out at, at work. was magnet on one side, it's you know adhesive on the other, so I stuck that on there and cut it out and so turned that into a little magnet for my file cabinet. And uh, yeah, it, it was neat. It was fun talking to people. Uh, I'm actually glad we went because. the the presses we're gonna go look at next week uh the Sakurai ones like we're having troubles getting a hold of them and they had a rep there and it's like hey can you do me a favor (laughs) get me a hold of dave and he's like oh dave's on vacation it's like yeah but can you get a hold of him we're probably gonna be kicking you guys a million dollars like next week (laughs) those things are expensive screen printing is a fucking wild ass like industry because everything is so connected together like the, the company that sells screen printing mesh, there's only like three of them. And there's like the good one, and then there's the two mediocre ones. And so everybody uses the good one. And so that guy knows everybody, but then he knows his competition, but he also knows the, like the next steps in the process. Like, okay, well, because if you're buying screen mesh, you're probably buying screen emulsion to, to put on the mesh, and then you're probably buying frames, and then you're probably buying squeegees. And so everybody knows everybody. And despite like there being a lot of direct competition, it's sort of like, yeah, but we're in it together, though, right? Because no one fucking knows or cares about what we do, despite, like, screen-printed labels being on almost goddamn everything we own, just secretly.
0: Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny when you put it that way, because we, uh, we sell a lot of glue. Oh. And there's a big glue shortage right now. And so there's a lot of, like, getting calls of, like, hey, do you guys have this glue in? And you're like, no, is that is that for Taylor Guitar? Because, uh, yeah, <laughs> we know it's the factory problem we 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 would sell them what we had already like yeah okay but
1: see that's the thing though right like you sell glue and people are like probably thinking elmer's glue or super glue or or you know gorilla glue and you're just like taylor guitar uses our glue and it's like oh i know what those are those are very expensive high-end guitars like that's cool your product goes into really neat guitars that like john mayer plays live on stage right like the the, the way things are connected are so fucking cool, and no one thinks about this shit until you're like in this weird industry you've never heard of, and it's like, oh yeah, all the medical equipment you see at a hospital, those touch panels, we print a lot of that, and if we don't print it, someone else is printing it, and those are all screen printed.
0: Oh, and skateboards. Skateboards use a lot of glue.
1: That makes sense, because it's like pressed wood, right?
0: Yeah, it's just layers of wood and glue. <laughs> that's that's what's really cool about skateboards that's what's radical it's all the glue
1: the other thing that's wild about this industry is like the people that get in it kind of don't leave it and so you're yeah. talking to this guy who like i sell screen mesh i've been selling screen mesh for 20 years and i know everything about it and i'm excited about all the new developments and it's like so when you were 12 and you thought you're gonna be like a firefighter or nasa or a doctor or football playing king in space. Like, did you ever think, oh, you know what I might be selling is, like, plastic fabric that you print through, and I'll be really excited about that. I'll be super excited to go to my job and sell this.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that, because I just had this weird uh, conversation with somebody about how, like, comics are kind of a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But specifically, like, comic strips, like what you find in a Sunday paper. yeah. And so it's just sort of, like, it's weird how I never pursued that as a career, you know. Mm-hmm. I chose not to, and I got a more practical career choice, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's just kind of weird how I see a lot of people talking about, um, like, their dream job or whatever, whatever they pursue or how hard they work to get it. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, comics are my hobby, and they're an escape that I don't get otherwise so i kind of like having it as a hobby even though you know when you're at grade school you're never going to have the career day where it's like i want to print press work yeah i want to sell glue but it's also like no, realistically there's a satisfying part to selling glue
1: Mm -hmm. it feels like when you do your job well there's still like like you said satisfaction there like I'm not always excited to go to work, but I also do get to do neat things at work that are way more creative than probably the people printing. But even then, you talk to them, and they, some of them have been here, like, 10, 20 years. Like, they clearly like it. I feel like if they didn't, they would go somewhere else. Uh, that might be kind of a mistake, because I think people get really stuck in ruts and just don't. But, I don't know. Like, you ask them, like, man, you can set this press up really well, and it prints really good. And they take pride in that, because to get a press set up and tweaked right takes a bit of work like it's not something you just throw a sheet in and hit print like there's a lot of knobs and dials on these on these machines and they all do something somewhat drastic so it, it's 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 cool uh at least to an extent i know when i was talking to the guys at swiss because they asked me what i did and i was like oh yeah i, I I'm a technical writer. I do all the videos. I've been working with marketing and stuff. And, and they're like, oh, man, we, we really need to get us one of those because so much of, like, advertisement is going on to YouTube now. And, like, I don't know if you've been to Zoomed, but they have a really good YouTube presence. And I was like, yes, I have. And, yes, they do. It's awesome because I'm trying to buy stuff from them. And I can just go on their channel and, like, see it running. I don't have to fucking call anybody. It's just there. And it's the production values are good enough to sell me on it, right? Like, they, it's not like Tarantino directed this or nothing, but they're good for what they need to be. And so when he's like, yeah, I've been on the, you know, the LinkedIn page where you work and all these videos. And I was like, yeah, I, I did like all of them <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so like, oh, man, I just saw I just met one of like the 12 people that watched all of these things. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing. Like I have talents because of uh, like my practice with Photoshop. Yes. And so there's some stuff where I'm the only one that knows how to modify A photo at work because we want to like we want to censor out a like a key number Mm -hmm. right so it's like oh can we just blur this out or we need to hide this address we don't want to know where we're shipping this for this photo um and it's like oh well yeah you just do this real quick and it's like oh that would have taken me half an hour a camera will do this from now on and it takes me like you know two seconds to do yeah but it's like little things where it's like wow are you a wizard? And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just Cameron.
1: Yeah. I never thought like, cause I, I had hoped and assumed like my writing and editing would somewhere come into play because I went to school for that. But the audio stuff for music and sound effects, the uh, photo stuff from when I was making signatures back in the Nintendo forums, like I, that all came around and I use that not always daily at work, but enough to call it part of my job description. And it is kind of cool that, like, some of my dumb hobbies are part of my job. I don't know if I would want to do them full-time. Like, if I have to spend a full week editing videos, that's a long-ass week by the end. Like, it's like, you no, know, if it's like, three hours a day, that's cool. Like, I can I can deal with that, and it's fun. Anything more than that, though, and you're like, man, this is a job. And the same with, with writing. You know, if I'm working on work instructions literally all day, it's like, fuck. So, there is that certain level, like, you're talking about, you know, Turning a passion into a career, I think, can really be a double-edged sword, where it just it it starts to feel like work.
0: Yeah, I I was talking to somebody about game design, and it's like, boy, I as much as I love game design, I don't know what I would want to do if if my job was at a like star Everybody has this like daydream of what the perfect job would be and how cool it would be to be a creative or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, are you gonna be the, the Are you gonna be the guy in charge of sculpting the horse anus or testing yeah. the grass physics for a year and the every time they update the there's there's a new build and now the grass is broken because they did it wrong and you have to fix the grass again. Like there's a lot of not glamorous jobs on top of being underpaid for the skill set. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you know, I kind of enjoy uh Having a podcast for once an hour, I'll complain about video games and get it out of my system and then move on with my life. And hopefully make a couple people laugh, you know. It's a very low pressure hobby.
1: I think it would be fun working like with a small team because though the work is shared and you might not be working on the same thing every day, and so there's a variety. Uh, so oh, yeah. you have the skill set to do that. But then the small the problem with the small team obviously is is the the money might not be there. Uh, you're really, really like touch and go with, they have this next game doesn't like take off and do really well. The company might fall apart, right? Like, um, and then you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like when new super giant game comes out, I'm pretty sure their staff is a lot bigger now than it was five or 10 years ago when they put out their first game. And so then does it slowly become something like rockstar where you're all of a sudden you're very pigeonholed into Oh no, I'm, I'm the sound guy. I only do sounds even though sometimes it's nice to take a break from sounds and like design a level or a character or something, you know, if you can do that. Cause we're sound effects for even more than an hour sucks. That shit's hard.
0: Yeah. But especially like you did a lot of fantasy sound effects where you don't even have anything to work with. Yeah. I kind of wonder what's harder. Like if, if I was working on red dead, right. There's resources and a, angle to work with for every sound in that game. Because mm-hmm. it's kinda just reality. But you also have to record it and balance it in a way that it it's not just recording realism. Right. You know, you, you kinda amp it up and stuff too. So it's kinda like, boy, I wonder I wonder what the sound design job was really like. You know what they did for Overwatch 2, where they, they're redoing all the bullet sounds?
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Um yeah, they're actually uh they they went to uh shooting ranges in different areas that have different, um, like acoustics. So now the bullets will sound different if you're in like a metal hallway versus out in the open.
1: That's kind of neat.
0: Yeah. And it's like a level of polish where it's like, you know, that's probably an interesting job. Just get to go around trying different things and record it all. And there you go. Um, but you just know that somebody's in charge of like, I don't know, programming like weird. (laughs) I'm trying to think of an abstract thing. What sound does the health item make when you pick it up? Yeah, that's a cuz it's both who cares and also man, you don't want it to be annoying. Yeah. Um it's it's literally a non-sound. Like the act of picking up a box is not a sound effect, but you need like a chime cuz you recovered your ammo and your health. Mm-hmm. So what what is the sound of health magically going up? Um <laughs> you know, it's like, "Oh, where do you what do you do here?"
1: Yeah, I know when like When it came to sound design, I did most of them, but Joe did, like, some of the healing magic stuff because I wasn't sure. Like, he had kind of something specific in mind he wanted out of that, and I had no idea how to approach it. But it was a lot of, like... He synthesized, like, some synths that... Because there are uh, plugins in FL Studio that you can kind of, like, make your own. You start off with a buzzing noise and just tweak a thousand knobs until you get where you want. And that was a pain in the ass. Whereas, like, some of the stuff I was doing... Was a lot more fun because yeah, you could like bang things together and, and manipulate that. Uh, I know there's a, a, a one of the spells is called Prism and it shoots like this beam of light down the uh, down at the enemy. And I want to say I recorded that by going in the the bathtub and just cranking the faucet to full and then sampling that noise and then I ran it through something. And so it was like, okay, what what's everyday sounds I have access to that I can then. Modify or play backwards or whatever. My favorite sound effect in that game is a, is a ice spell because it's like okay what 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 the hell does ice sound like going off like it doesn't have a noise right but it kind of does. And so I'm like playing orcs must die and shooting the ice spell at at, at orcs and it's like what the f- there's a specific kind of noise but it's not something I can just like articulate. And during the winter I ended up kicking at a, a frozen curb at a you know snowy curb and it made that noise. And I was like, oh, my God, we did it. So I grabbed, I grabbed my fucking iPod. I didn't even have a good phone at the time. And I recorded that, me just kicking a, a concrete covered in, in snow. It got the best one and then fucked with it a little bit. But, like, that was, that was really enjoyable to, like, crack the code and, and get, get something that sounded good.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know where I would begin at all. And I totally take the sounds for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to. I'm looking at the clock now. Maybe we'll just do a glad space. Okay. I want to pivot this into a podcast my dad recommended called Art of the Score. Have you heard of them?
1: Ooh, no, but I I bet I know what it's about.
0: Yeah, so they do these like very uh, deep dives into movie soundtracks, but they're all musicians, like very professional, you know what they're talking about. Um very musically literate. These aren't like amateurs or you know mm-hmm. And so the stuff that they observe, it's stuff that I would never notice. It's all been very insightful. But they did an episode on back to the future. And remember the end where it's like the it's it's like hey it's it's your it's your cousin Lee Lee Marvin like that part.
1: Um no.
0: Oh. What's his name? I'm You know I'm bad with names.
1: What was the movie again?
0: Back to the Future.
1: Oh god, I don't think I... I haven't seen that movie in so goddamn long.
0: No, the, uh. no, the musician. The guy with the band. I'm gonna have to cut this whole ending because I'm embarrassing myself.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're out about either. I can't help you. I'm sorry.
0: The part where he's playing the song but it's like the song wasn't written yet
1: oh yeah
0: that's the gag
1: yes i okay i I, su- I don't remember i don't remember what song that was though so but they I do were remember doing that part.
0: <laughs> anyways i recommend this episode in particular because they they did a very interesting um not just breakdown of the actual soundtrack but also the music used in the soundtrack but at the very end they had this cute conversation where it's like okay so who actually came up with the song was it marty or the the actual artist and so they, they went through a bunch of, like, the history of music at the time and what other songs the guy had already written at the time. And, like, this, like, very educated take <laughs> on breaking down this little gag. Um, but what ultimately came down to, they had a, uh, it, it's like, okay, so he held it up with his phone so that his cousin could hear it. But the phones at the time, they didn't pick up bass well. Mm-hmm. So he took the song and removed the bass and played a version of that. So it's like, okay, this is what he would have heard over the phone. And he listened to it again. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. This puts an entirely different like angle on the sound design and everything just to to really break down like what sounds are. And it's just a very fun conversation. Um, that these, sounds really fun. Yeah, th- this has been a very fun show. It's super educational. If you like movies, it's like the love comes through a lot. If you like sound or music or sound design, there's a lot of very interesting details mixed in. So yeah, look up art of the score. Um, they don't do super regular episodes, so you'll you'll do their backlog. But I want to say they do like one episode a month or something. Okay. If that, um, so you'll catch up real fast. But yeah, enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. Art of um, the score. My my freaking newest. But I got a mouse not that long ago, and I feel like the buttons to adjust the speed don't work. But the, uh, my, my glad space is going to be another like art YouTube channel because God for fucking bit. I watched something else. This one is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pronounce it. I'm going to spell it cause it's Japanese. So it's K A I T E K I K at But, uh, she does, uh, she does a lot of drawings with glass pens and then like mixed media stuff. And, uh. She's a fantastic artist, and her mixed media stuff's really cool because she'll like use a glass pen, then she'll do like watercolors, and then she'll like grab some like gel pens or just other kinds of paints, uh, pens, things, uh, all the all the stuff, uh, golden texture, silver texture, and she draws these like gorgeous like women with wearing like really elaborate, elegant kimonos, and like crazy stuff in the backgrounds, usually like fish or really colorful birds. And uh, it's just it's just really relaxing and very impressive to watch because she is exceptional at her craft. And she's definitely filmed some of the longer videos in more of an ASMR st- uh, style So there's like, you know, close ups on things and you can hear the, the scrapes and whatnot if they interfere into that. And I, it's a, been another one that's just kind of like, I'm in a grumpy mood and I can throw that on. And it's just like this is an easy way to unwind. Um, but I do, I do think her art is really, really good. So I, I recommend people checking it out just to look at some of her artwork because apparently it's like a really older Japanese style. I can't remember the name of it. It starts with an N that I guess is somewhat gone by the the wayside because of what it entails. And so like she's doing it and she's somewhat of a modern twist on it, I suppose. And it, it's, it's really cool.
0: I'm sorry. What was that name again?
1: Uh, the name K A art. So K A I. P-E-K-I.
0: There we go. Oh, oh, I know the style. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. K-Teki. That's beautiful. Yeah, this is very nice.
1: I just love, like, I love watching, like, artists that are really good to work. And it, it doesn't even matter, like, what the art form is. I'm always just so impressed, like, what people can do in, like, the amount of hours she's probably put into painting and drawing. Cause she doesn't like have anything really outlined when she starts. I know she has like, she's mentioned in some of the, in some videos that like, yeah, this took me like 10 sheets of paper. Cause I had to start over. Cause I made mistakes, you know, here or there, but it's not like she's like using a light pencil outline to start with. She's like just fucking freehanding everything. I have no idea what kind of reference guy images she has off screen as far as like the wildlife or the, the foliage, but because there's enough abstraction to there, I don't know how much it even helps. Like it, it is, it it's crazy brave, like how she paints. and well, That's the funny I, thing. Like I some like people, it.
0: they do amazing just hand work. Um, it's like they just they make it look so easy because like, well, no, just draw a line and they'll do like a perfect line. It's like now we just shade it and we're done. Like wh- yeah. what?
1: Yeah, she definitely seems like one of those. so Yeah, that, her her channel is really cool.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the talent for sure. Um, okay, well, before we close, I guess, uh, Space Jam 2 is available on HBO Max, so if anybody out there has HBO, you can just watch it. Yeah. excuse me. And then, Pokemon Unite is free.
1: Damn, all the free content.
0: Man, it's almost as good as our show. Almost. Uh, any closing comments?
1: Uh... Oh. No, I don't think so. I'm I'm glad we did this. I was a little hesitant before we started, just because I was in kind of a grumpy, I really want to drink mood. And I didn't have a drink, but we, I don't know, I feel like the show got more fun as it went, so hopefully people liked it. (laughs) I'm glad I say this literally every time we record now. (laughs) I know.
0: I'm glad we lift each other's spirits. I kind of need this once a week. Yeah. Like this morning, I I woke up and it's like, oh man, I feel like garbage. Should I just Text Chad now and postpone the show, oh, but I'm happy we had this talk too. I I always feel better after we record. Yeah. Hope you guys feel better after you listen. Kisses, I love you.
1: Bye, everybody.